0: From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast.
1: All right. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. So, coming up today, it's all about workflows and systems with Marky Murray, the CEO and founder of a company called Ditto. Marky's specialty is helping people, companies, organizations improve their processes to better achieve their goals and to simplify getting to those goals. Now, this is a topic that I know is near and dear to the heart of Indie Week founder and Indie Weekly host Daryl Hers. So, uh, I think that really comes through in this conversation. Now, this dates back to February of 2022. It comes from our Indie Weekly webinar number 53. And in fact, this conversation went so well. Daryl loved it so much. The crowd loved it so much that they actually did a part two just a few weeks later for Indie Weekly. Now, I hope you enjoy it too, because in this digital era where everything is being done online, often remotely, processes, workflows, automation, all this stuff is vitally important and can really help you Even whether you're an artist or any kind of industry professional, whatever it is, we all have tasks that can really benefit from the types of things that Marky and Daryl discuss in this conversation. So anyways, listen up. But before we get to this week's conversation, we first have to acknowledge that the land on which Indie Week is based is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Ashinabe, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. We must also thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA, SoCan Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox & Palmer who provide legal services in Atlanta, Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Without the support of all of them, we couldn't do the work that we do for the music community. So a big, big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, let's get to this week's conversation.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Indie Weekly uh, number 53 workflows and systems that can increase your profit. And we're going to talk about that. And uh, I'm a huge, huge believer on get things done in half the time and give yourself a raise at the same time. So we'll talk about this. So with that, I'm going to introduce our guest, Marquis Murray. And uh, Marquis, if you can give a a little bit about yourself, and uh, then we'll jump into it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me on, Daryl. And Zach behind the scenes. Uh, My name is Marquis Murray. I I own a company, a systems improvement consultancy called Ditto, and what we do is we spend all of our time inside of workflows. Um, We improve companies' systems and processes. We help them document how they work. Uh, We help them to improve on how they work so that they can save money, they can save time, and ultimately their teams can be aligned on, you know, what is responsible what they're responsible for, what the responsibilities are, who's doing what by when, and where things are. And so that can look like documenting standard operating procedures, um, creating like document management um, platforms, um, doing automation through tools like Zapier or Integromat to speed up workflows, Um, anything kind of in between we work with it. And then if there's something that needs to be developed beyond that point that we can't do through just a standard native software integration. Then we get into the custom development world to hack the software and just make it do what we want it to do. So that's pretty much my life. I'm process obsessed. Um, what's, what's nice is uh, we have you know um, teams of project managers and business analysts and we are global and we all share this passion to, to leave things better than when we first found them. So we're always trying to improve how we do things both internally and improve how we do things um, with our customers and how they work with their different teams, departments and the customers that they um, do work for as well. So it's a bit about me, you know, yeah, I'm happy to be here and talk more about this stuff.
0: Awesome. And I'm so passionate about this, this category as well. And I wanted to sort of frame it as well. Why did I feel that this is important to talk about? Well, we're in this age of DIY, DIY artists, DIY business, which means do it yourself, which often means I hear I don't have enough time or there's so many things to do, and uh, you know we were talking on the in the green room, as they say before this, how we all have a computer. And for the most part, I find people use it as a typewriter to type emails, as opposed to let the computer do the work for us. Now, before we get into this, my next question to the audience, and please, if everybody can uh, put a yes or no in chat, do you use Google Sheets with formulas? And, And that'll give us a little bit of a sense, or you could say, I don't even know what a formula is. Excellent, so seeing yeses, no, 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 but I know Jenny knows, good. All right, so uh, that's a sort of a good starting point, right? And so Google Sheets is free, it's like Excel. And uh, just to kind of frame a couple things that I've used it for is I can take information in through a Google form that gets into a spreadsheet And I can create triggers based on the results. And, uh, we were able to build a system that booked a event and sent out the emails. It pulled information in inserted into the email. We did contracts, agreements, all that kind of stuff, like 150 artists in 150 venues. That would be a lot of emails. And we just automated. I'm like, do you want to play send back? Yes. They said, yes. They get a different email and it's like, yes, please fill out this form. Then they get a thanks for filling it out form. We did the same on the venue side. And then we just connected artists to venue. And then it said, here's the agreements on both sides. And we really didn't send any manual agreements. Right. And we were able to, we also uh, did that with volunteers, signups across Canada and all this stuff. It was nuts. A great project to be involved with, but just a prime example on let the tools do the work. And being a DIY mindset, make sure you kind of have this toolbox at, at your disposal. So, uh, Marquis, can we talk a little bit about uh, sort of like, like the base level first? What should people be thinking like first? Like, why do I want to automate? Why do I want to work on efficiencies and workflows? Or how about this? Let's say, what is a workflow?
2: Yeah, sure. A workflow is a map. To put it really simply if you want to get somewhere you have a starting point and you have an end point but if you've ever used a map or you used your gps on your phone there are different ways that you can get there depending on where you're going and so we create workflows to kind of tell both the users the people you know doing the process or the software you know where something may be How to get there, who they need to speak to before they get there, if there's an approval that's needed to go and seek out that approval, if there's a file that needs to be linked, where that file needs to be linked to, right? So we we map this all out so that everyone can see what we're doing, where we're going, and how to get there. So that's probably the simplest, you know, kind of description of a workflow that I can provide. And You know why this is all important obviously there is the need um, to have consistency right if if you're working on a small team, whether you're two people or 200 people. You, you want to understand what the other people on your team are doing, and so we work with a lot of companies that you know are have smaller teams and they are growing and we often get the question, you know, do we wait until. You know we hire more people to document all of this or should we do it right now things are changing and my answer is always just get started because like all of us here on this on this call we all have an understanding of how we do what we do every single day and we're the best at it and if we work on a team we can bet that no one else knows it as good as you But that doesn't help if we're working in a team environment or if we're looking to scale and grow and bring on more people. And so it's about documenting what you know as a subject matter expert so that you can work with other people, so that you can delegate your tasks, so that you can stop doing everything by yourself and free up your time to focus on your art, your craft, um, sales, networking, whatever that may be, whatever your thing is, you're freeing up your time aligning with other people that will help you um, complete those tasks so you can continue moving forward.
0: And you're speaking my language, uh, scale, uh, networking, remote, like all, or working with other uh, staff. I'm just thinking remote, right? Uh, Um, next question to the audience for everybody who knows formulas for spreadsheets, does everybody know what import range is, for instance? Um, that's, a, that's a one that we use a lot. Uh, so import range. Okay, so just to give you an example of a system that we're working on right now with one of our grant writers, right? So many emails going back and forth, invoices, proof of payments, agreements, trying to figure out the drive. Well, we created a form that we can upload each proof of payment. That gets put into a spreadsheet, but that's sensitive information in some cases. But we don't, we need to give part of that information to our grant writer, so we get we create a different spreadsheet, and we use the import range function to import just specific data into that sheet, and the grant writer has access to that information. And what we can do, and we're working on this, is. We have one form for proof of payment, one form for invoicing, one form for agreements. And they all end up on this one page for the grant writer, so it's like a summary of it all. And uh, what's neat is that we have spreadsheets with line items for each and every single thing, It's input, its data and, and consistency. So, so this is a, there was another keyword that you mentioned. We use the form because it's entered properly into that spreadsheet. We found sometimes we might have somebody else work on the spreadsheet, and it's like, oh, all that's all uppercase, lowercase, mixed case, different data, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I know there's formulas to fix that too. But um, the point is, when it's in a f- input into a form, then it's put properly. They're not missing any fields because they're required fields and then like i say we beam that certain responses out to other people and that means i don't have to email so right off the bat we just cut all the emails it's either in it or it's not and and so forth and now we're actually working on the system to input it into the budget that we want to report and if the the field is blank then it's going to create a checklist of what we are missing so it's crazy but it's going to make so much work uh, less time and easier to manage and data, right? So yeah, so people are saying they need that template. I'm working on it. It's it. we're 50% there. We're almost there. I've got three grant reports too. Uh, so marquee, yes. that's workflows. And, and uh, you know, you said like, it's like a map. Uh, one thing that I say, it's like a recipe, right? Recipes like a pinch of salt, t- tablespoon of this, but it's the order that you do it in is, is really key. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like making that workflow a reality? Cause I've seen so many times people jump in without the recipe and it's backwards, doesn't work. And they go, screw that. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Really good
2: point. And I don't know if anyone has seen the trailers for the new light year movie um it's the origin story of Buzz Lightyear Anyone seen it we can throw it in the chat there so anyways there's this meme where it shows two pictures it, it shows the Buzz Lightyear that we all know and love the cartoon version and then it shows the new one he's all animated and he's got all the graphics and he's enhanced and everything and you know the meme is you know on the original Buzz that's the that's the workflow and on the enhanced new age buzz, that's your your standard operating procedure, your 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 recipe. And so, when it comes to that, what you're really doing with that recipe or that um, standard operating procedure, the SOP, is is creating more detail, right? You're you're breaking down all the different steps instead of. And I know everyone on the call will appreciate this, but, you know, we, we have our turn by turn now in our phones, but everyone remembers MapQuest, right? And so you, you have your destination. You know where you're going, but then the steps, the the left, the right, the go three miles and then, you know, go on uh, to the next street. Th- that's what the recipe is. And so what that really does is it it standardizes how everyone works. It lets everyone know what the purpose of this process is. Right? What are the things that you're going to need to accomplish that? If there's any additional notes or things to consider before attempting that process, then it's all there documented for you. And then you're literally going step by step, right? Um, I often use the analogy of making toast, right? Like everyone knows how to make toast. There are a million different ways to make toast. But you know, following a recipe or baking a cake, it's really following those things step by step. Making sure that you're putting the right amount of everything into it and then at the end coming out with the uh, a common results, no matter who you are, where you're from or what your background is. So I would say you're definitely getting more detail in that recipe and that ties back into the workflow as well and oftentimes you'll see um, either video walkthroughs that accompany those recipes or standard operating procedures. Um, you'll see screenshots with things highlighted just to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks and that everyone is aligned on the steps we need to take and, you know, what's required to actually complete that task.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's like you may have seen me, I, I, I uh, recently found old tour folder and literally had map quests where I put uh-huh. the dots on printed paper. And, yeah. and did the routing and everything. And, but, yeah. and, and I had like 10 maps printed because they didn't all fit in the territory and stuff. Those were the old days, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it's crazy what automation is at. And, and so that workflow system and that, that recipe, mm-hmm. if there's one thing I can say, a, a way I worked, I, I, I related it to as an artist, Right. And when I teach how to do Photoshop actions in class, it's like a cassette recorder. Right. So think of a cassette recorder, or you're in the studio recording. Yeah. If you're making a performance, you've already pre mapped out intro, verse, bridge, maybe verse, bridge, chorus, verse, chorus. You've already mapped that out. And when you're playing it, it's recording that so that you could hit button and play it again. Yeah. And that's what a workflow kind of is, is you mapping out all the stages and the order. And sometimes you have to go, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to change the order. It's like making an arrangement, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And then sometimes you go, this part sucks. I'm going to take it out completely or I'm missing a whole thing. And and you're going to edit. And so part of the process I find is often never really done because things keep changing. So you're editing and editing and editing and like next year things might be different. So you have to edit again. Um, but what I really found what helps is record, like write it down somewhere. Step one, this, just like a recipe, step two, like put water in pot, put pot on stove, put on stove at high boil five minutes, like every step, think of that out. So sometimes, um, I actually speak it, if I can speak it, then I can figure it out. Cause often when we're just writing stuff, we're just in our head and we go, ah, I don't need that. And we're not as specific. So, uh, that's the workflow side now platform stuff. We've talked about something.
2: Can I say something on automation before we go there? Oh
0: yeah. Let's, let's do the automation for sure. Yeah. Like
2: super important. And I I can nerd out and talk about automation all day, but one thing that I see that I want to make sure. Um, I communicate today is automation is like the end goal, right? If you can press a button or, you know, do a, a certain action in, in a tool, then that's that's where you want to be, right? Like I have colleagues who have said, hey, I don't have any work to do anymore because I've fully automated my position. You know, let, 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 let's work on another project together. I have some free time, right? So, so that's the goal. But where I feel like a lot of Um, business owners and, you know, creatives get into trouble is where they try and automate something too quickly, right? They don't understand the actual steps that are needed to bring that task to completion. And so we get into this headspace where we'll we'll go into something like Zapier and spend, you know, hours trying to automate this, this very complex thing, right? And it often gets really messy very quickly. And without understanding what steps we need to take because we haven't taken the time to do it manually first work out the kinks know what works and what doesn't right? we get into this place where we're we're making it too complex it breaks we don't know how to fix it because we don't know what steps are actually required to to have a successful outcome. and so to your point daryl yes my first you know step is always to write it out I have a whiteboard right here and I will write it like physically on my whiteboard. I'll draw a little box, start here. What's the next thing? I'll put it over here. Once I can visualize it, I'm making changes, I'm editing it, then I'll write it out, right? Then I'll try it. I'll get on my computer, uh, then I'll try it. If I determine that it works, then I'm usually recording a video for it as well. Thank you. Um, And so, yeah, like writing everything down getting in it, testing it first, you know, figuring out, do I need this? Is it too much? And then, you know, comes the next step of then automating it. You know that it works. You you've run it through its paces and you can successfully automate it and then hand that off to someone else, because, you know, you've tested it, you know what it's supposed to do. Right. And then you can, you can trust that this software is going to take a, take it from there.
0: Absolutely. And like, again, you're, you're speaking my language, uh, So I I related it to the song to think you rehearse the song before you record it. Right. And, and you're very right. You need to really know the steps and in a programming mind, I try to actually bring it down to a yes or no answer. It's this, or it's that. So as it's automating, it's like two ways to go. Yes. This no, that. And then the next thing, you know, is this an artist? Yes. Then over here, that it could be, is it hip hop? Is it country? Yes, no, and it can divide that way. That's really what computers are doing. It's ones and zeros. Yeah. It's just calculating a lot of yes or no. Uh, there is a platform that I've said in previous calls, but ift is one to look up, and I feel it's a good entry point. It literally stands if this, then that, which is yes or no, uh, and it's a it's a good one to start. Thinking because it's a lot of really simple things, uh, and and so it's not really complex. The Zap here is kind of like you graduate into that a little bit, where you can chain a whole bunch of reactions uh, together. But Ift, uh, and part of the list part, there's another online tool called glue Maps. Zach, you might have uh, be able to grab that link and put it in. Uh, I believe it's G L O O Maps, and it's meant to be making site maps for websites, but I often use it as a quick flowchart tool and, and it's really simple. So I use that as like a quick flowchart, uh, visualizing things because sometimes we're more visual than, you know, technical and stuff like that. Right. Okay. So, and Zapier, do look it up. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, I got my Zapier build, which is not awesome because uh, we use a lot of automation and it charged me a fair bit. So, note free. And then if you get into crazy stuff, then of course, you'll have to pay a little bit. Mm. All right. So we've defined workflows. Here's a couple tools to work at getting data, Google sheets. You can automate that through some functions, but then when you get into automation tools, there's if there's Zapier, but then now think let's think more broader and, and like project management and you're, you've got so much going on. And there's lots of platforms for this. Uh, And one thing that I tend to do is uh, if I have a question of like, can this be done? The answer is yes. Somebody's smarter than me. They figured out, you know, manual work sucks. So I'm going to create something to get rid of the manual work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I've got that question, it means it's already been answered. So Google searching is my friend in all of this stuff. YouTube searching is my friend. And through that, I discovered Asana. And there's a whole bunch of others out there. Uh, there's ClickUp, there's Bitrix 24, there's Monday, there's Trello. Uh, they're all different types of project management software. I've tried a lot of them at different companies and such. And there's some that speak well with me and others. I'm like, oh, this is actually convoluted to be a workflow that I'm working to figure out the workflow, I could have done it already. So I've abandoned some of that, but Asana is really robust. And uh, can we talk about project management type software and dig into Asana a little bit?
2: Yes, we can. It's the good stuff right here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What, What would you like to know? I mean, if we're looking at like comparing different tools, we can go that way. I can talk about what workflows look like. Inside of Asano, where, where did you want to start, Daryl?
0: Well, let, let's define like what a project manager, management software is like Asano, like what does it do? Uh, and why would we need it as part of this workflow? Like, cause again, we're trying to squash our time so that we yeah. could be creative. We're trying to get the manual stuff down. Yeah. And also uh, like people ask like, okay, I teach at Harris. I run four online conferences, we do mentorships, we do export programs, and I, like the rep for downtown music in Canada, they're like, how'd you do all that stuff? I automate as much as I can. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's the key. So let's let's get into the project management side and define it and Asana. Sure.
2: Yeah, so project management or um, work management really is making lists, that, that's probably like the basis of it you're making lists within there we go. I'm so glad you did that because there's so many people that I talk to, and like I have some notebooks on the back of my shelf there that I'll bring to in person meetings but um, yeah like some people are paper people some people are digital I'm fully digital like I'm inside of Asana. sauna all day every single day but really what you're doing is you're, you're creating at, at its at its like foundation just a list of your to-dos right if you need to organize your time you could do it in something like google tasks you could do it in a trello or a todoist um, asana is the tool that we have chosen we're asana partners at ditto that means we implement asana at scale for for companies and the, the reason that we have chosen that tool is because when it comes to automating your your workflows, keeping track of your tasks, we really are um, working to align teams and we're focused on collaboration. So we we talked earlier about, you know, one team member knowing what the other team member is doing. There's accountability in a tool like Asana. You know, you have an assignee, there is a due date for every single task. Anytime time that we're speaking about that task, there's a comment thread that's tied to that task. Any um, attachments or links related to that task are all in one space. The problem we often see is we have a team of designers and then there's a team of developers or they could be individual people that all use their own tools. But they're working on a project. So Daryl, you talked about, you know, designing web templates in Photoshop. That's incredible. You need to design them, and then you're taking those wireframes and you're sending them off to a developer that's using another tool. And then the copywriter needs to come in at some point and fill it in with copy. And then you have an editor, and then you have, you know, all these different people coming together. But we're all using different tools. And when it comes to getting an update or understanding what the status of that website page is, we're looking everywhere, trying to understand what the latest notes are, who's got the project right now, what stage it's in. A tool like Asana brings that all together. So everyone's on the same page. It brings together status updates, which can happen as frequently as you want, but we recommend at least once a week. A group status update. Um, you can see the stages that the website build would need to go through, either by using a, a, a Kanban board or you know, a, a list. You can organize all your work, you can see timelines as well. And so it really gives you the, the big picture, but it also allows you to, to dig in and be as granular as you need to, to get updates on status, to know who's working on what, to know how much time they have tracked against that task. It all, it it centralizes everything and creates what I like to call the single source of truth for everything that you are working on. So, oh man, how much time do we have there? (laughs) We still have, we got
0: got time, but uh, if, if I can add one thing here, right? So I, I'm going to put this in music terms a little bit. So I'm yeah. I'm just, I'm really asking a lot of questions of the audience today. So if everybody can answer another question, has anyone put together a set list and performed a set list, specific songs in a specific order?
2: I can talk to that as well. Yes. I ha- I have something for
0: it. Well, so then... Is there a time when you look at your performance with that set list and you go, oh, that song didn't quite work with the audience. And you now the next time you play it, you edit that set list. And you might go, this song leading into this song doesn't work and we edit it, right? Now, has anyone, I see this a lot, especially DIY artists on stage go, what song are we play next? What, and because they don't have a set list. And and it kind of breaks the flow of the the show and and stuff. And, and you know, whereas on the pro side, I find it's like they finish the song, bam, they're into another one, and bam, they're into another one. And there's sometimes where it's like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of nonstop music, and they're not stopping and talking to each. other. What, what's next, right? So that's kind of like a workflow, right? And and it can be really efficient, and and so. Think about, like, here's a set list. And then has anyone, and I'm going to ask this, because this, when I've worked with artists, this is the one thing that we worked on. Have you written a set list and go, that's great. I'm going to do that next time too. Like, that worked really well. I'm not changing a thing, right? So what that, So has anyone done that? Where it's like, yes, this is like the, the set list. I call it like working towards best. That's the best set list, why would we change it, right? Now in a workflow stage, that would be called a template. And, and so when, when, when Marquis saying, you know, we've got all these things, the one thing to think about is we're putting it into digital so that we can repeat it the next time we have to and all the, the steps are there. So think of like, if you're releasing a song, you could have a template When do you announce it? When do you kind of tease it? When do you release a teaser video? When do you do an acoustic online performance? When do you release a poster graphic? When do you release uh, a 30 second clip? When do you do a live Q and A, like all the things. And if you go that worked to release a single, I'm gonna do that again. And then you can look at a calendar and go, what's the three best times in a year to release it? When does the timeline start? six weeks or six months in advance. And and then it's like, it's all scheduled for you. Right. So Marquis, would you sort of say that that's uh, a good way? And can we talk about absolutely. templates and the importance of templates?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love what you said. Um, when it comes to templates. Yeah, that's one of those things because that's one of those things that I, I strongly believe is produced over time. Right. So you, you don't always get it right the first time and that's okay. Right. That's why to use your music analogy or your, your setlist analogy, you rehearse, you, you practice, you, you, you make tweaks and you, you adjust things. And so the template is really your, your, your best version of it. Right. At, at that moment in time, you say we've done this, we know it works and, you know, we can update it if we need to, but this is the standard that we're all going to operate at now. When we come into a rehearsal, you know, you have 10 minutes to to get set up. We're gonna do a line check, right, and then we're gonna do a quick run through, and then you know we're gonna run through the first three songs, and then you know go back up to the top and do it all over again. So yeah, absolutely, the the, the template creates this creates the structure within the project management tool, so you can do it over and over and over again, right, and really duplicate your efforts. Um, so yeah, like uh, I definitely love how you how you laid that out. Um, w- one other thing yeah. that, that, oh, go on.
0: No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll let you go.
2: Okay. Yeah, well, one other thing that, you know, jumped out at me is, you know, when it comes to templates is just because you have this standard, it doesn't mean that it's finished or it doesn't mean that because it's always been like that, that it's the right way of doing it there are times where we should be assessing how efficient is this and then how effective is this what do we need to change is this too complicated what do we need to remove from the template you know like less is more you know being a bass player right like, I don't want to be all over the place, right? Leave some space and some air for the other band members, right? And so it's thinking, like, what do I need to remove from my process or this template to make it simpler, to make it uh, more understandable, and to, to leave room for further improvement in
0: the future? Lean and mean. That's the, the way to go. Uh, okay. Sometimes, yeah, it's, you're, it's the touching on the point of that the more steps there are, the more complicated it could be. And you go, could I take that out? Uh, and you, you're right, it's trial and error, and adjusting, and technology changes, so a year from now, it might be a different type of inju- adjustment, you know, and the other thing that I was going to add into it, another great time saver that's part of a workflow is a routine, and, and it's like, this is what I do Monday at five a.m., this is what I do at 1 p.m., I and also the kind of thing like I'm only allocating 15 minutes to this, that's it. So real kind of important thing, like, you know, social media is like, Oh my God, there's so many things. Literally I, I open my account. If anybody liked mine, I go to theirs and I like something on theirs. Cause the algorithms like engagement, I go through their post. If there's something that's great that I think matches with my audience, I just share it. And I go literally in like, I think it was like six minutes. I've done 11 accounts. Right. And then I switch over to, I need to do a post. So then I end up with about 20 stories, one post, and I've liked stuff on 11 other accounts. And I'm like out in 15 minutes. And I kind of like try to break it down to exact numbers as goals. Because otherwise it's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. What is that? And like 15 minutes is gone. And I've just been reading a post. And I I haven't been disciplined enough in my time. So routines, I find, kind of gets us into that mode. And, you know, it's kind of like trying to do the workout every Thursday at 6 p.m. And it it can be tough. But uh, can can you touch on routines a bit on how that can really, uh, I think, can really escalate the amount of time you're saving, truthfully? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I mean, time. I mean... If, if you can rem- remember back to a time where we were all like out and about and commuting and whatever that may be. And then the whole world shut down and we had all this time and, you know, many of us like myself are still at home and we still don't have enough time. Right. And so I, I think it's more important than ever to, um, do what I love is, um, this, this concept of time blocking, right. Where you are setting up your, your space you're setting up your workflow and you're getting into your routine Um, a book if you're into reading or listening um, is deep work by cal newport deep work by cal newport he talks about this concept of time blocking and getting into focused time and so um, recently google like calendar release the new feature, they call it focus time. And so what time blocking really is, is associating your calendar and your day with specific activities. If you have a time where you need to respond to emails, you're doing that between 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you need to be creative and do some writing, you're doing that, you know, at between 1 and 2. And, you know, adding that time on your calendar and making sure that at that time you're doing those things and you know it, it's really important to respect that time as well. So so for me, four times a week I have on my calendar at 8 30 in the morning I have a 30-minute workout. Before that, I have been with my kids, getting them ready for the day, I put them on the bus, I come in of my workout, at nine o'clock, hop in the shower. By 9 30 I'm out at my computer getting set up and then it's my focus time. Between nine and twelve Nobody gets that time for me. I'm not in any kind of meetings um, internally or externally. That's a time that I need to work. If I want to meditate during that time, if I want to go for, if I want to watch Netflix during that time, <laughs> like, that that is my time. And obviously I'm doing work, but, you know, that's when I'm doing YouTube or recording a podcast, right? That's my time blocked and everyone on my team knows that. And then come 12 o'clock is my meeting time as well and so those windows look a little bit different throughout the week like monday and friday are a little bit different but setting up that kind of structure where you can give yourself time and then the permission to meditate or to walk or to be creative and not feeling guilty like you should be working and you know non-stop i think that is that is super important in forming routines Because what's important is if you see it on your calendar, it's like you're setting a meeting with yourself, right? We're all here, we're on this call at 4 o'clock, right? I was on 15 minutes before with Zach and Daryl just chatting, right? We're all really good at showing up for meetings with other people, but we seldom will show up for ourselves. And so it's about taking that time, blocking it, so that you can achieve what you need to and Ultimately, you know, do what ditto is here to eliminate is burnout, right? And so you just get into this routine where you're just jumping from meeting to meeting. Um, I I shared on my Instagram today, Zach, I don't know if you want to link it in the the chat there, but it's this screenshot of a calendar. And and it's a joke, but it shows like 6 a.m. cry in the shower, you know, 7 a.m. meeting, 8 a.m. meeting Um, between 9 and 10 meeting that a client hasn't responded to yet. And then you have two tentative meetings. So like, we're just blocked with all this stuff. There's no routine, there's no consistency, there's no predictability, it's chaos, right? And that leads to burnout, that leads to a lack of creativity and inspiration, right? So it's important to protect that space from a mental perspective, as well as like a deliverable perspective, because if you can't be in the right mindset, you're not gonna be productive and you're gonna, you know, want to be the person spending the day on the couch watching Netflix because you're so overwhelmed
0: that you can't think of anything else. And we'll be back. Hey, listener, you're listening to our podcast, which is a recorded session from one of our other online sessions. Every Tuesday, you can tune in and be part of it at 4 p.m. Eastern standard time. And that is Toronto time for those of you listening in from different parts of the world. uh, It's our indie weekly And that means we talk with music industry professionals, artists, all about the music business. It's a great way to connect with others as we have people tuning in from around the world. We encourage dropping links, sharing, DMing, making real connections while learning about the music industry and uh, hearing from music industry professionals. So once again, that's Indie Weekly every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Toronto time. And to sign up, just head over to IndieWeek.com, and all the information is there. And we're back. Hey, oh, man. So so much to unpack there. Uh, and this is coming from a guy who's literally today was a 9 o'clock meeting, 11 o'clock meeting, 12 o'clock meeting, 1 o'clock meeting, and then yeah. a random 2 o'clock meeting that was till 3.30. And then, like, 3.45, I got to be on the call with uh, Marquis starting this, so so this is the kind of thing you know. It's so important to block stuff off and find your balance. So I think just to try to point out a couple points there. Yeah. One part of it is we're all thinking about workflow for work, but also think about that for non-work. And I think we're trying to find balance a lot of times, you know, and that's where we have to take care of mental health and, and ourselves. Is like oh. We also need to block off when I am not, like, I am not available. I, and people go like, hey, can you meet that? No, I am not yeah. touching that. And, and so part of a lot, and I, I see McKenzie and Ian adding to the chat. Uh, a couple of things that I find work best is, like, I'm going to ask another question. Uh, does anybody find that social media ends up sucking up a lot of their time, a lot more than they feel they should be spending on it, and it take, takes away from the work side? Secondly, does email or meetings take up too much time in the day? And oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's here. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, uh, thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Uh, and yes, social media takes up a lot of time, right? Yeah. Uh, there's ways to work this out. So one of the things that I try to find is what are the things that are taking up too much time? That's where I try to focus on how to be more efficient, right? So social media, I use spreadsheets as well. Uh, we did a test right before, uh, I did a test right before screen by screen on my personal account. So another thing in a spreadsheet, if you write something in a cell and you click it, there's a little dot at the bottom, you can click and drag and it copies it. And if you type in Monday and do that, it'll suddenly go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, da da da. And in this yeah. column before it, I put it's. So it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's Friday. Hey, it's Monday. Hey, it's Tuesday. Hey, it's Thursday, it's Friday, blah, blah, blah. Hey, everybody have a great Monday. Hey, everybody have a great Tuesday. And I just did that in like two minutes. And then I used a formula to put those columns together and I scheduled it in social media. So every morning at 9 a.m., I had a message go out on social media for four weeks and it took only five minutes to put together. And I watched my social go up over 400% engagement just off of, hey, it's Monday and people liking, commenting, sharing, right? And, And engagement is getting into the algorithms of, oh, somebody liked that. Somebody's liking it at that time every day. It's a different person. The reach is farther every day. So something simple like that really is how you can go, oh, I don't have to message at 9 a.m. on social. It's already done. I can message at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m., sorry, when there might be more engaging stuff. So, so you can automate that part. Um, and then meetings, the other thing is what I try to do is just say I'm only available Wednesday and that's it. And and because I need time to work. Except Jeffrey. Jeffrey, he, he gets Tuesday if he wants. But I'll I'll say that. Whatever <laughs> the day Jeffrey wants, I'll do. So uh, but yeah, Wednesdays is my meeting day. And so here's the thing in also kind of email and time. You know, Mark, I'll go, Marquis, can you meet Wednesday at 2 p.m.? I've given him an exact time, an exact day, and it's a yes or no answer. And if it's no, great. Can you meet next Wednesday at 2 PM? That's my next availability. Mm -hmm. Right. It's as opposed to when do you want to meet? And then now it's random and it's random all the time. I need time to do the work that I'm talking about in the meetings. So, so there's, these kind of efficiencies as well and uh, we've blocked off literally all the meeting times in my calendar for Wednesday and I know what's not booked so then if Zach's arranging the meeting I don't have to do an email he looks at the calendar and goes oh 3:30 is open that's the next time to ask for a meeting so so a lot of these kinds of things as far as routines is and I believe you know that time blocking concept is so important and if I can say one thing about it is we do the exact same thing. You know, I've got email for 15 minutes in the morning and I do top level emails only. I come back at 11, I do 15 to 30 minutes of top level and next. And then later in the day, I try to do an hour because I've got like, I'm. it's crazy how many emails I'll never get it done, but uh, it's the important ones that need to be addressed first. right? and i saw somebody put the 8020 rule in is that if you try to get all the emails in chronological order and everything you're very much likely to miss the important email that's sitting at the bottom of the page. so i just go top level first and so on. but that time blocking one tip that we use is we block open work time because there's going to be you have to also be like i'm planning this so much that I also have to plan for random, which is like, oh, you know what, I've got a work period open one to three on Wednesday, or sorry, Thursdays. So if I can't do something, that's the next time available for me to do it. So so I try to do that. So Marquis, do you do something similar about like, how do you go and uh, like, I am planned, I've got my routines, I've got my workflow. Oh, here's something unexpected and random. 'Cause that's usually what breaks it and, and it's hard to come back sometimes.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think it breaks it if you allow it to. Right. Well, one thing that if if you do read the book, you know, in, in deep work is shutting off the noise. Right. So when it comes to that work, you know, you're putting on your 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 notifications are on do not disturb you're putting on your headphones, you know, I like to close my blinds and turn the lights off, and you just get in that mode. Um, so it, it, it's important that you you create the environment where you can like take that time and do what you need to do. If you're working out, your phone might be in the room and you're connected to your Bluetooth, but you're not checking it in between sets, right? You're you're not on, you know, taking breaks to do th- that kind of thing. You're really like focused on, on that one thing. And so th- that's what I can say about it is if you allow the distractions to kind of creep in, if you have your Slack open while you're trying to write important emails, of course, you're going to be going back and forth. So I think it's just creating the environment where you can be productive. Um, I'm going to share two things that um, I I do often, and this is really how I think. One of them is when it comes to emails, um, I, I follow like a 4D principle where you have to think of the email from this, you know, perspective. It's either you're gonna do what the email is asking you to do, you're gonna delegate, you know, the thing that that email is asking you to, you to do. You're gonna delete that email because it's not important, or you're gonna defer it. Right? This is not important right now. I'm gonna move that to another another day, and I'll I'll throw that in the chat for everybody right there. So, um, and I also do that in my project management. Right? If there's a task. That's on my list. I have different categories. Is it something that I need to do? I need to delegate this. Do so I need to delete it, right? Is it old? Is it n- no longer relevant? Or do I need to defer it and do it at, at another date? And so you can think about it from a task management perspective, and you can also think about it from an email perspective. And your goal should always be to spend as little time in email as possible. If you get through your emails and you're finding the same ones coming through that you're not reading because you're on a mailing list you signed up for ages ago, that you're no longer interested in, unsubscribe. Unless it's Indie Week, you know, don't unsubscribe. Obviously, you wanna get all those emails, right? Those are the only ones you wanna keep in your inbox. But it's like, get rid of all of that noise so that you don't have a reason to be distracted. Um, The second thing, I have this on my desk all the time. It's uh, by a company called Timuler. It's like, uh, what is it? Eight sides, octagon, I guess. So, and this like little thing sits on my desk and you can put it on, flip it on different sides. As you can see, there are different pictures and icons on it, right? And then within the software, you can associate different tasks. So the dollar sign—that's when I'm doing my revenue-generating tasks. When the heart is on there, that's when I'm doing my my wellness. And that's my workout time. There's a little alarm clock. I'm taking a break. I'm going. I'm getting a tea, right? The little target there—that's my strategy time, right? And so. That's a great way to time block physically and and digitally is to like associate your different tasks with the side of this cube. This is a tool if you need something like that to stay on, on task so that when those distractions do come in, if a phone call does come in, if you do need to switch tasks really quickly, you flip the cube over and it goes to that next task. Now, where that all ties back to is you get a real good understanding of where your time is going. Right. So if you're you're tracking your time through, you know, something like toggle or harvest or ever hour or, you know, using something simple on your phone. You, may, Zach and I talked about the Pomodoro method earlier where you work as hard as you can for twenty five minutes. And then at that twenty five minute mark, you take a five minute break, reward yourself, get up and walk around. Right. So whatever your method is, it's about understanding where your time is going. Right. Are you being effective with your time? And then if you have the means, right, to bring on an assistant or you have a team member, you you think back to the 4D and you think, can I delegate this to someone else? Do I need to be doing this? Do I need to remove this from my routine because it's damaging to me? Or do I need to stop making these non-urgent things ruin my day by letting them get in the way of the actual urgent things that I need to do and accomplish today? So... I'll I'll pause. I'm seeing a lot of comments come through here. I don't know if we want to
0: No, I'm, I'm watching them. It yeah. it's uh I love that four D's. I've written it down because it's something that I I definitely do. That's like yeah. a 50, uh, do it. Um and I put in the chat boomerang, which is a tool for email, and that's my defer tool. And boomerang is like I can go, here's a whole group of people sending me how-to emails, blah, blah, blah. That's, I can't do that at work. They're actually going to come back to me at 6 p.m. tonight. So they, by using Boomerang, they go out of my inbox so it's not cluttering the important emails, and then they'll all get sent back. But the other part is, and this is an email kind of trick I use a little bit for efficiency, it's 5 o'clock. Is now a good time for me to email somebody about business? Probably not. So I'll write it and I'll boomerang it so it gets sent at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. So if any of you got emails from me, often they're at 6 a.m. And the point is is that they probably are going to answer it by the time I start at 8 a.m. So I open it and I have answers, right? So boomerang, I get it so... Th- I'm deferring emails. They come back at a different date and sometimes I use it for relationship building. In fact, one came in today that I boomeranged in October. So it's like, Oh, that's the reminder to check in with that person. Yeah. So it's also a way to keep relationships going without me having to think, Oh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about that <laughs> probably in a moment. We're probably going about 10 minutes over everybody, if that's okay. Cause we could talk this stuff forever. Uh, but uh, so it, what was the four Ds? It was, uh, do, do. So yes, do it. Delegate. Don't open an email unless you can engage on it.
2: There you go. Yeah.
0: That's the do. I'm not touching this cause it's a waste of time. Cause I know I can't handle it right now. I'm going to only go top level stuff or second level. So do. And then the next one delegate, delegate. Everybody needs a Zach or a Lisa or cam. Uh, you know, I'm very lucky, I've got great people to work with, and I delegate out a lot. And again, I'm just the face of doing this stuff. They're the ones that really do the heavy lifting. Uh, but yes, try to be able to delegate when you can, right? And then the next one? Delete. Delete. It's okay to delete stuff. There's so many times, like, you don't have to answer everything all the time. That's, mm-hmm. it's okay to delete it. Uh, one trick I, you mentioned about the newsletters. That can clutter stuff up. So like Zoom sends me a ton of stuff all the time. I can't answer it. So I often will do a search and then all the results are there and I select all and I delete all just like that. Gone. Uh, And one other trick is you could use filters so that it filters things out and notifies you and things like that. And then the last D? Defer. Defer. Yeah, so, so that's, so that's where we,
2: we would do the boomerang or for me, like I, I forward it to Asana and I give it a due date and I'm not looking at it or thinking about it until, you know, that time comes.
0: Right. And that's a point about uh, integrations. Uh, Asana integrates with Google. And so, yeah, you can kind of get a plugin, but then also you, you're able to email Asana and it creates a task for you. Yeah. So that's, that's another great thing. And I wish I got more onto that that train because I haven't yeah. yet and it's I keep boomeranging it keeps coming back so I, I said it that quickly yeah sure the the first one Dave yeah there you go
2: um just on like workflows and automations a little bit and integrations as we're going there like I, I have a podcast that I run and Daryl to your earlier point of trying to schedule meetings with people right I, I'm rarely in email going back and forth like that time doesn't work for me does this time work for you right just send them a Calendly link right have your availability there link that to your calendar but for my podcast for example that is fully what is the name um in systems we trust and it's on all the platforms um and so with my podcast i'm rarely like do i do anything for it if somebody wants to book i send them the link to calendly they fill out all their information when they book the time it redirects them to an asana form where they're putting in their bio they're putting in their company information they're putting in their headshot because we're going to need that for promotion on social media and then we got that all in asana and the date that they booked it for it goes into our podcast production schedule next step is 24 hours after that um, another piece of software we use called PandaDoc sends them out an automated um Document to sign it's their talent release agreement so we can use their information on on social media So that goes out automatically I get a notification that that's been signed great took care of it If for whatever reason they didn't fill out their information in Asana then 24 hours before the podcast recording I send them a reminder say hey, we still need your stuff need your bio I'll get on do the recording. I download the files and I'm done. I put them inside of Asana And I move it to in production or post production, sorry. And then my editor gets that notification. Great. The files are ready to be edited. Download. Once they're done, he puts them back in there. We create the graphics and it's like an assembly line. Right? So like you can make it really simple where it's like you press a button in Google and it shows up in your task management, or you can build really complex automated workflows that speed up the process and keep you out of the weeds as well and that's the stuff that I love where it's like you know it's happening you don't have to think twice about it
0: yeah that's awesome and I, we've looked at the calendar for us but for us we're really specific on who and when unfortunately uh like it can't be just open uh because right. time is time is time is of the essence for us uh, and I, I mentioned that don't make me think think part a little bit, there's a book from Steve Klug from years ago, and it was more about web usability and, you know, early days of web of where navigation was clunky and not intuitive. And if we think about how we use things ourselves, right, like here's our phone, we have apps, which apps do we put on it? How many of you have apps on your phone that you probably haven't opened in three months? It's there because you thought it's a great idea, but there's so many times for me, I'll open it I'm like, oh, this is going to be a lot of work. I'll do it another time and I close it. Right. And, and like, oh, I got to sign up and it, oh, that's going to take time. I didn't plan to have time to sign up and create an account and do all. I'm closing it. Right. So what I find a lot of times is if you're in your workflows and your routines, you do it in a process where memory isn't the issue. It's, it becomes kind of obvious. This is what I do at this time, right? And I sometimes uh, jokingly and sarcastically, it kind of sometimes sounds like a jerk. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I'll be like, did you wear shoes when you went outside today? Did somebody yeah. have to tell you that? Or is it, you just know wear shoes because that's what you do when you go outside, right? And so there's these things that become subconscious if, it's, if we've created it to be a very simplistic routine then it becomes subconscious and easy to do because you're not having to think that hard to do it and accomplish it. So that's where routines kind of get into the flow of things a lot easier. But if you make it convoluted, then it ends up being like that app on your phone, like, oh, I, I, it's annoying. I'm gonna go to do it later. Uh, so simplicity and, and minimalism is good in trying to think these out, I find. Uh, elegance to it. It's a it's it's weird when you get into this mindset. I've I've really been focused on this a lot in my life. It's it's almost like this elegance to creating this it's almost like beautiful to go, oh look how simple this became. I don't have to do anything, you know? It's like I used to travel a lot before COVID and I've got like that's this bag for this duration, that's that bag for this duration. I already have it half packed with what I need for that. I don't like Oh, okay, I could pack in like half an hour if I need to, because it's already half packed, ready to go. You know, like there's those kinds of things. And I'm like, uh, did I have, did I bring a toothbrush? Oh, it's already packed. I already did it. I don't have to think about it. Right? You know, is toothpaste there? Oh, I've already packed it. It's already there. It's already like, so so there's these kind of systems to make it where I don't have to think. And I got to tell you, like sometimes I'm not the smartest guy, and me not having to think is a good thing, and because it's already prepared and it's the kind of thing like this where you know right here is my ring light and it's here every Tuesday when I do this and I don't have to think because it's right there I put it in a position I don't have to think my car keys go in the exact same spot all the time I don't have to look for them because it's in the same spot every time my wallet is over there in the same spot right when I put it in the wrong spot then I'm screwed. I'm like going up and downstairs. Where the hell did I put this? Like it's all of a sudden. I'm messed up, right? So that's the beauty of a routine and workflow is I don't have to think so hard. It's just this is what I do, right? And it's like, did you put shoes on going outside today? Did you have to think about it, or did you just do it? And that's the goal for me in trying to do this stuff. Um, I know we're a little over, but could you comment about like trying to keep it simple because I think that that's also the daunting how to get started is overthinking it. Yeah, um,
2: Absolutely. I mean I see a lot of people get caught up in trying to do it the right way, right? if you're if you're new to process documentation or task management or, you know, workflows, it can feel really daunting. The advice I always give, um, and this quote isn't mine, I wish I said this, but I I often think this, it's, am I the only one who knows this information? And would others benefit from having this information? Right? And the answer, like 99.9% of the time is going to be a resounding yes, right? Others will benefit from that information. And so it's, taking what you know, and the advice I always give to to my clients is start with your day. What does your day look like when you sit at your desk? You know, when you start up a session in Pro Tools, when you're editing, when you're bouncing tracks out? How do you get them into your Google Drive? How do you send them to a a customer to review? What how do you want them to give you feedback on on that, that master, right? It's all those things. And just Loom.com, L-O-O-M, is a great tool. I use it probably a million times a day um, where it just takes a, a screen recording of what you're doing. You have a live link that lives forever. There's no storage limits or anything like that. And it's free, and you can send a Loom video to someone. You can also create folders within Loom where you can just store all that information. So if you're not a person that is gonna write stuff down, if you're not creative and you can't draw um, and maps, you know, scare you, put on Loom and, and start recording how you work, what your job is, what your process looks like. So either now or when the time comes, you have that to reference back to and you can pass that on to someone else to uh, to duplicate your efforts, so.
0: All right, I love that you said Loom because I, forgot about it. And it's yeah. like, oh, so, so that's one thing that can happen is app overload. And I, I remember I used Loom and then it's just like ah, too many things. Yeah. So uh, I got two points that I want to make about getting into it. One thing is if you're thinking, think like if it's easier for you to sort of like think freely, I often use voice recorder on my phone and then I can play it back when I wanna put it down to paper or into digital form. It's like, okay, I think I wanna do emails for 15 minutes, I wanna blah, blah, that's really easy. And then you can play it back. The, the one thing to try to get into, it sometimes can be daunting, but one other thing that I found easy, and we're doing this with our staff right now, is get a Google sheet and each column put in a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, And just record your tasks without having to think, like, okay, well, what am I doing right now? Emails. How long did that take? An hour. Okay. Uh, What else did I do? I did songwriting arrangement for three hours. And you go, okay, come back to it next week and go, is this actually a routine thing? Do I keep it? Or is it a random thing? And that can start building your to do list, your, your routine, by you just naturally recording what do I do normally? Right? And the last part I would say is, and this could go into a whole other discussion that we don't have time for, but what ends up happening is this. You start looking back and going, I did this, this happened, sold 100 more CDs. Oh, I like that one. That one, I wanted, can I escalate that to 200 CDs? Mm. So when you really start looking at it, you start going, I should invest my time in these tasks because it equals money. Yeah. I should not do this task because it just wastes my time. Right? So that's the part about recording it down in lists and repeat and repeat. It turns into, ah, that part. I like the result on that one, this one maybe I'm spinning my wheels or, and, or maybe instead of an hour, I'm going to do it, allow 15 minutes of my time on that.
2: Mm. And
0: that's how you become more efficient. I find in getting the true result that you want is time versus money. Right. Right. So uh, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody is that a thumbs up that hopefully this session really helps out. This will become a podcast And uh, you'll be able to revisit it. Uh, This is a kind of a really important stuff. And do check out Marquis' podcast. Zach, if you could put the link in again. Uh, These are the kinds of things that as a DIY emerging artist or business can help you run your business and allow you to stay creative and stuff like that. Any last words, Marquis? I just put in my
2: YouTube link as well. If you're curious about Asana or systems processes, you can go check out Asana Solutions online. But uh, yeah, this was great. Thanks so much for for having me talk about this stuff. I wish we had more time. Maybe we'll do a part two or something in the future. But uh, yeah, thanks for being here, everybody. And just remember, just don't overcomplicate it. And uh, something I always like to say on my podcast is, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. So make sure you put it down, make sure you get it out there and, you know, um, stay aligned with, with the people that need it the most.
0: Uh, absolutely. And uh, maybe if everybody wants a part two, let us know, cause uh, I'm always down to talk about this stuff for sure. Uh, right. So if you want a part two, let us know. And uh, Marquia, it's looking probably a yes. So we'll, we'll be in talks about the next time to schedule All you right. in. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day. All
1: right. So that does it for another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. We thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. And if you enjoyed these conversations that we share here on the podcast, then I think you would really love coming to the Indie Weekly webinars. Throughout the year, we're having them every Tuesday. They're always at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's like New York or Toronto time. And it's all about high level conversations, bringing in experts from all facets of the music and related industries to share their experiences, best practices, tips, advice, really actionable advice with artists. It's all about helping artists boost their own careers, but it's also about community, connecting with each other, connecting with the guests, connecting with Daryl Herz uh, who always hosts. And best of all, it's free. So go to IndieWeek.com, hit the Indie Weekly tab at the top of the page and see what's coming up. I think you'd really enjoy it. Certainly worth your time. We'd love to see you there. And last, but certainly not least, before we go, just one more shout out and thank you to our wonderful sponsors and funders. Uh, those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Bandzoogle, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA, SEMA the SOCAN Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox & Palmer, who provide legal services in Atlanta, Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. So without the support of all of them, us here at Indie Week, we couldn't do what we do to help out and work for the music community. So big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, that does it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a good one.